glad you're here. I said to you that if there was ever a series that you could make effort to be to, it would be this one. Uh, running it four weeks, we're in our second week of that, and it's on the Holy Spirit. And uh, much, much, uh, a subject that is, uh, there's so much I want to say right here, so much I want to go into, but uh, we've got to be a good steward of your time. But um, uh, he's just cool, man. And when you get to know him and understand him and the person of him and how powerful it is to have him in your life, it'll change your life forever. Or let me say it this way. I messed up. He'll change your life forever. And um, I said to you that as we started into this series that I, I wanted to be able to come in and, and maybe de-spookify him a little bit, demystify and kind of remove some of the sensationalism to him as the Holy Spirit and the third person of the Trinity. And, and I said to you that we, many of us are aware of the Holy Spirit, but we're more aware of this part of the Trinity, and that is God loves me. Jesus saves me, but for some reason, this part or person of the Holy Spirit, we don't really necessarily have a relationship there. We put more focus on this, and we kind of leave this one out, and we kind of stay away from it because, like we found out last week, that, you know, we said, we're going to learn some things together. One, we wanted to pick out His presence, the nature of Him. What does that look like? Well, today we're going to talk about His personality. Oh, my, 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 my. When you get to know Him, it's really cool. But then next week, we're going to talk about uh, some of the purpose of the Holy Spirit. What does He do? What does He come alongside us to do? And, and then we're going to talk about maybe the power side on the fourth week, coming up and upon you. And we said that last week when we focus on the presence of the Holy Spirit, the nature of Him, to kind of, like I said, despookify it a little bit, uh, we found out that we compared Him to wind, and why did we do that? Because we found out that when you look at the word Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, I don't know about you, I don't like ghosts anyway. Uh, do you, anybody believe in ghosts? No, no, don't raise your hand, okay? But we found out that this, the word Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost, really the word holy was brought alongside to create, to show you the deity of him. But the whole word spirit, its definition, its translation is the Greek word pneuma in the New Testament, which means wind or breath or, or, or like an exhalation of breath. And so the writers, instead of you saying, hey, you need the breath of God, you need the exhalation and the power of the breath of God, they put the word spirit and it works. Okay, it works for it. It helps us. He is an un we, now we know him as person. And so we said that, you know what, when we get to know the Holy Spirit, His presence and His nature, what does that look like? So we took the wind, an example of wind, and we said, okay, let's look at what wind does. Maybe that will help us understand some of the things we are uncomfortable with, with the Holy Spirit. And we found out wind is unseen. Okay, can you see wind? No. Unless you see the trees moving. Unless you see someone can, could you see that? Did you see that breath? Did you see that wind? Blow at somebody right now. Your breath might be bad. Don't do that. So Holy Spirit, he's unseen. So we said, okay, we took that. And said so that begins to help us with some of the nature of him and his presence. And then we also said that there's wind is unpredictable. Well, there's an unpredictable side of the Holy Spirit as well. That's the part we're all uncomfortable with. I said, I'll run with the best of you. I'll roll on the floor with the best of you. 
I'll speak in tongues with you all day long because I'm filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I got the power of God working in me and I'm not ashamed of it, not afraid of it. But I do want to make sure that people take something that is a benefit and they make it something that is uh, 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 weird beyond it and then they take that weirdness and then it moves away from really the purpose of the Holy Spirit and His benefit into your life. That's just one benefit. There's multiple benefits comes with the relationship of the Holy Spirit in your life, not just the one gift. But for some reason, the unpredictable side is for whatever that has been, has been done to us, whether you've seen on TV, whether you grew up like I did, you shaved your legs or you didn't shave your legs, or you too much makeup or no makeup, whatever works for you. I, to be honest with you, I like makeup. Some people need to wear it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> just keep looking straight forward and it won't be you uh, I'll tell you a funny story and uh, I'm probably just going to review Carson so I can get to where we need to go today but uh, I'll tell you a funny story one of the roles that I had for years in, in associate pastoring was I catered to a lot of ministers well known ministers the guys that are on TV today and uh, some of them didn't even have TV ministry back then. But uh, one of them was Jesse Duplantis. Had quite a bit of opportunity with him. And I don't know if anybody would know him or even seen some of his, uh, you know, television broadcasts. But one day he had just got through ministering. Matter of fact, he's one of the biggest givers that I ever saw in my whole life. I watched him give, take a whole offering that was received in the church one day, $38,000, and gave it back to that church that night. Uh, anyway, he... We were in an upper room with him, you know, we were feeding him, and, and the subject got on about TBN. And, uh, of course, she's, I think she's passed away now. Paul and Jan Crouch, they both have passed away. And, but the subject got on about Jan and her wig and her makeup. And, and I noticed that Jesse wasn't saying a whole lot. And, he, and we were all laughing and having a blast with it, you know, the purple wig, the pink wig, whichever color it was at the moment. And, and all the makeup, and then finally he spoke up, and you got to remember, he's a funny guy too, but he was real serious about this, and he says, well, I know him really well, and to be honest with you, Paul likes the wigs, that's why she wears them, Paul likes all the makeup, so that right there taught me something, to don't make it about all of the outward things of, of, of what we seem to define Christianity by, and for some reason, we've taken him, the Holy Spirit, and we've made him because we are uncomfortable with some of the unpredictable sides, some of the weird stuff that goes on sometimes. I said this statement to you. Listen, though we have our statement of faith and though we have structure, you got to have some structure. If you came in today and we had no order of service, you would hate us. Because lunch is coming soon and you want to get there. And so we have a way to get you there. In and out so you can go out on time so that the next 200 people don't trip over you. But though we have our structure and our statement of faith, we have to be able, willing to embrace the unpredictable side of the Holy Spirit. And it is unpredictable at times. God never does the same thing twice. If He does, it's always different depending on the person. He only spoke in a burning bush one time. One time. And we make doctrines out of a one-time thing. But it's interesting when you look at how the Holy Spirit came, a one-time experience that became an ongoing experience for everybody. And so, as he's unpredictable, we also said that not only is he unpredictable, we said that he is, he's refreshing. Oh, uh, he's powerful. Is wind powerful? 
Absolutely. We just saw it last night. You, we live where wind is. Our whole world is defined by the wind and, and the weather. Everything we do. <laughs> Were you guys out there at the camp last week with all of that came through, the water spouts and stuff? It determines all. Wind is powerful. Wind can move water. Wind can create power. Wind can create electricity. And we said that the nature and the presence of the Holy Spirit is powerful. And some of you need something more than human effort to change your life. And to do something with what's going on in your life. And we said that he's not only is he powerful, he's refreshing. The nature of the Holy Spirit, the still small voice of the side of the Holy Spirit. And said, so if we begin to get to know some things about him, removing some of those things that are kind of, that, that we define it all by, then maybe we can embrace something that will change your life forever. So let's start back into this again. Go with me to John chapter 14. Let me just review a little bit for you, and then we'll jump into his personality today. Let me ask you this while you're going there. See if I can do this through memory because I'm taking the back of my notes and bringing them to the front. Let me ask you this. Personality. What makes a person a person? You ever thought about it? Is it life? Life, is that what makes somebody a person? No, a tree has life. Now, some people try to make trees have personal, uh, have, be a person. Tree, never mind. No, that's not what makes a person a person. And if we're going to talk about the personality of the Holy Spirit, we have to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. What does he do? Who is he? What does he come alongside? Who, what does he do? Theological definition of the word personality or the word person is, is simply this. A person has a soul. They have a mind. They think. They have a will. They make choices. <laughs> and, and they also have emotions. They have feelings. And isn't it interesting? Every one of us can talk about or relate or be a part of all three. Because you're created in, created in the likeness and the image of God. No tree is. No turtle is. No fish is. No dog. Now, if you're going to ask me if dogs are going to be in heaven, I don't know. Let's figure it out when we get there. And cats. I hope cats are not. But um. <laughs> Let me be me, you be you, and we'll all live happy. Okay? So don't come tell me your whole cat story. <laughs> or your dog story. Let's hit everybody. But see, you have a soul. You have a mind, you have a will, and you have emotions. We're going to do a great small group in the next semester. Small groups are getting ready to end. Oh, don't you hate that, man? I love my small groups. But they're getting ready to end for about a month here, right, right around this time. But we're going to pick back up in a month, so hold on. And we do that on purpose, too, so that you'll want to come back. And then, but in, we're going to do have the, the attention, or our uh, intention is to be able to bring on a Wednesday night, because some of you are hating us because we don't have Wednesday nights anymore. Uh, we're going to bring back that study, possibly on a Wednesday night, Spirit, Soul, and Body, Change Your Life Forever. Because once you understand who you are and your makeup, that you, are a, you live in a body, you have a soul, you have a mind, will, and emotions, and you are a spirit, then all of some of these things I'm talking about now become a little bit more understandable. But that's what makes a person a person. So my point is the Holy Spirit has a mind, he has a will, and he has emotions. He can be grieved. We'll talk about that next week. But we need to talk about who he is first, and then we can hit some of those things. Go with me to John chapter 14. 
Uh, John 16. Sorry, Carson. Here in John 14, 15, and 16, if you really go to chapter 13, look at the very first verse, you see Jesus make a statement, or John records something about Jesus. He says, when he knew his hour was come. In other words, Jesus knew that the next few moments or days or experiences of his life were going to be short because of the, his purpose getting ready to be fulfilled, death, burial, resurrection. So the next three to four chapters, John actually begins to talk about uh, some of the recordings of the Last Supper and the times that he was walking around with Jesus. And Jesus began to share with them some of the really important stuff that he wanted them to remember when he left this earth and he's not going to be with them anymore. Much like I've been, had multiple experiences like this where I've been with someone and you know one of those good experiences where you have time to be with someone before they pass away and they go on home to be with the Lord and, and they start talking, man, some of them. They start talking about what they want you to know and, hey, don't do this and, hey, maybe do this and, hey, can I confess that I was this? And, you know, all the, we start getting a little bit more intimate. Well, Jesus starts to get intimate here. And he says in these three or four chapters, he says there's really two things that he wants you to focus on and really remember one is your love one for another. Look at somebody and say, I love you. Don't get weird, just say it. But more emphasis was put on this subject in these chapters and it is the work of the Holy Spirit in and through the life of the believer. Both synonymous in their importance, not one's more important than the other. But uh, here in this chapter, now you'll maybe understand some of how the wording or the writing of this starts. Look at this, John 16. But now I'm going to him who sent me, yet none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrows filled your hearts, taking complete possession of them. However, I'm telling you nothing but the truth. He's never going to lie to you. When I say it is profitable... It is good, it is expedient, it is advantageous. Say advantageous. For you that I go away, because if I don't go away, the comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby, will not come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. Stand up with me and let's pray for the rest of this service. Father, we're so grateful, so thankful for the Holy Spirit. And we're asking you for your wisdom and your knowledge and your revelation of him. And Jesus, thank you so much that you gave us access to all we would ever need to live this life. The grace of God. Now, Holy Spirit, come alongside us and teach us this morning. Reveal the word to us in a way maybe we've never seen it. And we'll make much of the word of God this morning in Jesus' name. And everybody said, go greet one or two more people before you're seated. Tell them you love them. Tell them you're glad to see them. Thank you, guys. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14, verses 15 and 18. And I'm in a New King James in this verse, these verses. In case you don't have that with you on any of the translations we use today, we'll use New King James, we'll use Amplified, and we'll use uh, New Living, I think, today. 
And as we use those, if you don't have that with you, we'll have it up here on the screen for you. But uh, in John 14, verses 15 through 18, it reads this way. It says, and I will pray. The word pray there should be ask. Jesus saying, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. We'll look at that word here in a minute. That he, everybody say he, may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him, say him, nor knows him, say him, but you know him, say him, for he, say he, dwells with you and will be with you and will be in you. If you don't ever see the Holy Spirit as a person, you will never have a relationship with him. And uh, he's never referred to in the scriptures as an it or a thing. He has a personality. He is a person. And when I think about that, I begin to ask some of those questions that I want to answer for you today. Just three things to define who he is. That's the statement we want to answer. Who is the Holy Spirit? We know his nature. He's unseen, unpredictable. He's powerful. And he's refreshing. There's a lot you could say there, but hopefully we said enough last week. But who is he? Number one, let me just say this to you, that he is my helper. Look at this verse again, John chapter 14, 15 and 18. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Now, if you've got King James, it will read comforter. Amplified is going to give you a bunch more than that. But ultimately, when you see this, I'm going to show you here in a minute that the, actually the Amplified is the better translation of this one word, comforter or helper, in these scriptures. But we just use this one to start. It says, The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. The word helper comes from the Greek word parakletos. It's close to the pronunciation as I can get. But parakletos. And the word para simply means to alongside, and the word kletos, put the two together, means to come. So really the Holy Spirit as a helper is to come alongside you and help you in life. So here's kind of what I mean. You know, I could probably put this up there myself, and I could probably open it up myself and set it up the way I want it myself, but you know what? To be honest with you, that's going to be a huge distraction to me because I'm going to forget where I am in my notes. So Mike and Frank, will you set that thing up for me and lift it up? Sometimes in life, you've got to call people to come alongside you to help you in life. And, and, and sometimes people might not necessarily be the best people, the best thing to call. But you have someone that's a lot better in your life to always come alongside you. And that is the helper of the Holy Spirit because the scripture says he's not only just something out here in the cosmos, something out here that's a force. No, he's got a personality. And what better personality, what better person to have working with you and for you that knows everything and everything about you? And when I look at this and it says that he's my helper, go to John chapter 16, verse 7, Amplified Translation. However, I'm telling you nothing but the truth. When I say it is good, expedient, advantageous, say advantageous, for you that I go away, because if I do not go away, the scripture says the comforter. Now don't get impatient with these next seven words. Don't stumble across these. Don't sit here and say, okay, uh, just tune me out because he's just rambling off scripture. No, this is who's with you. He's not just helper. He's not just comforter. 
There's a boatload of other things that he's come alongside to help you with. Listen to what he says. He's my counselor. And we depend upon people so much when we don't really need to all the time. And you've got the main counselor living in you. He says, not only is your counselor your helper, your advocate, intercessor, strengthener, and a standby. The word counselor, here's what it means. He's someone to come alongside me to give me advice. I was sitting down with one of my sons yesterday out on the back porch and, and uh, had just kind of sensed that there were some things going that just needed some talk, needed to talk to somebody. And what was I doing? I was alongside him on a bench outside, come alongside, sitting down, just giving him some advice. And you have the Holy Spirit to come alongside you to give you advice anytime you need it. When I look at the word helper, it means to help you with a job or a task. I cannot begin to tell you how many times I've depended upon him to come alongside me to help me with a job or a task. I'll never forget, I had a washer that um, I left a 12-penny nail in my pocket. And when it went on spin cycle, and this washer was almost brand new. I mean, it was a year and a half old, so it was a good one. It was a gift, actually. And when it went on spin cycle, it cut a hole all the way around in the, 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 the poly part of the bowl. It wasn't stainless, it was poly. You can imagine what happened then, and you can imagine what it's going to be like when I have to tell Pastor Tiffany what I just did because I was doing a load of laundry that I was not supposed to be doing. And um, so I had a big story. So the fix-it guy that I am, I, you know, I, I could be one of those guys that have junk sitting everywhere. I may need that someday. I'm that guy. Well, I'm sitting there, and I start taking this thing apart. I pull it all the way apart. I pull the top off, pull it all the way apart, and I saw what was wrong, and, and I said, ooh, this one's too big for me. And I literally, I remember sitting in the floor of my house when I was in Ohio, and I remembered this truth. And I said, Holy Spirit, I need your help. I need your advice. (laughs) Show me how to complete this task. Show me how to fix this job. And within seconds, I remembered, well, he just, I remembered I had a glue gun, a hot glue gun. Hot glue, poly, same thing. I came in. Tiffany never knew it. I came in, and uh, (laughs) I only had seconds anyway. So I came in, heated that baby up, filled that thing. Thing lasted for three, four, five more years. I wasn't that smart to figure that out. You might be, but I wasn't. Maybe I was willing to take a chance. but, But anyway, he's your advocate. That means he pleads on your behalf. He's your backer. Look at somebody and say, he's got your back. He's your intercessor. That means he's praying and petitioning and defending you. He's your strengthener. That means he makes you stronger, forceful, and more effective. He's your standby. He's there for you in emergencies. Look at John 16, 8 through 11. I really want you to hear this this morning. Who is he? He's my helper. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its, of its sin and of God's righteousness and of coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to my Father, and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. And most really interpret this wrong. Most look at the Holy Spirit as if he's coming alongside to tell me that I'm a sinner, you're a bad person, and God's going to get you. That's not even his personality. And if we have said that, you need to change that because that's not what the Holy Spirit is. It's not who he is. No, the word convict actually is the word convince. 
In other words, he comes alongside you to convince you or the world or anybody that, man, you do need a Savior. You need to know this Jesus that I'm talking about. You need to know the love of Jesus. And once you welcome him into your life, let me just tell you, your life will never be the same and you'll be changed forever. And, and all of the things that seem to not be working out might not necessarily always work out all at the mo- one moment, but at least I'll have an answer. He comes alongside to convince you of Jesus, but then he comes alongside not to say right living, to come alongside and convince you of righteousness, that now I'm in right standing with God and that separation can't take place. I may walk away. I may grieve him with my flesh. We'll talk about that next week, but at least I know I'm in right standing because my helper has come alongside me and every day he confirms with me that I am right standing with God. And the word judgment, he's not out there judging people because he's causing storms and bad happenings in people's lives. There's a curse in the world from the fall of man. We brought it on ourselves, but we've been redeemed from the curse. He comes alongside to convince you that the Satan has already been judged and the power that he had over your life at one time is not there anymore. This is who he is. Okay, that didn't make you excited as it did me. Maybe this will make... (laughs) Maybe this will make some of you pansy people excited. Not only has he come alongside to be my helper, he's also come alongside to be my friend. In the close, intimate fellowship with you. Now, he's not weird. And I know that sometimes we can, we have a lot of different personalities in the room. Some of you are more sensitive than others. And I know that Some of us take this whole intimate thing with the Holy Spirit and and you're woo-woo with it. And anytime somebody gets around you, wonder why they're walking away is because your eyes are bugging back and forth and, and you're just, you're weird with a relationship that's not supposed to be weird. As a matter of fact, they say one in three people are weird. So look to your right. Look to your left. If they didn't look weird... That's not true. Make that up. Listen to the scripture. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. The amazing grace of the master. Paul telling the church at Corinth, who were a bunch of fleshy people messing up all the time. One of the greatest sins that they had was adultery and fornication. And Paul was saying, telling, I love the scripture because it's never defeating you. It's always showing you how to have victory and how to overcome. And there's always correction and instruction, but it's never without the hand of love. We've turned God into some kind of thing that he's not. And we're turning the Holy Spirit into somebody that he's not. He's personable. He's intimate. He's your friend. He's not a friend that's going to leave you and forsake you and walk away from you. Because the scripture says what? He never leaves me nor forsakes me. People will. The amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ, the extravagant, extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Now, come on, guys, think about this. It, let's just look at a married couple, a normal one. They're hard to find today. So let's just look at mine. Mine's normal. You might not think so if you walked in my house at times. But I'm intimate with my wife. 
But intimacy doesn't mean that I'm googly eye over her every time I walk in the door and, oh, you're just so wonderful. You're the best thing on the earth. I just love you. I want to touch everything about you. You're just, you're just supernatural. You did that to my wife, you'd be kicked out. No, there's times we are intimate in that relationship. There are times, maybe in the beginning of my relationship, the honeymoon side, that's, that's kind of how it was. You know, you're trying to win her over and trying to get her to seal the deal and come on in. Absolutely, I get it. But after a while, it ain't about that anymore. You move on. Not to another one, spouse, but to the, you move on. Help me, Holy Spirit, dig out of that one. But if you come to my house, you're not going to walk in. He's not weird. He's my friend. You're not going to find us googly-eyed all the time. You might see us touching and holding hands, but tomorrow you might see she's ticked off because I messed up the washer. And for some reason, we've created a facade with this relationship with the Holy Spirit that you're never normal, and you're like this guy that I knew 35 years ago in school, and he, for some reason, every time I walked up to him, I hated it. I, was, I actually stopped asking him. I said, how are you doing today? Because he was a good guy. How are you doing? He'd say, supernatural. I'm like, dude. We needed a supernatural lightning bolt to take you off right now. This intimacy of friendship, compare it to your own personal relationship. Some of you haven't got a very good example of that. I get it. Some of you don't have an example of father or mother of that. But you have to question yourself, what's going on in my home? Uh, uh, we have to go there next week. A lot of what's going on in our home is grieving to the Holy Spirit because He does have feelings and emotions. You're not separating yourself from salvation, but you are separating yourself from the intimacy of the Holy Spirit. And you don't want to do that because you'll mess it up. Next week, come back. But I do want you to see there's a friendship side to who He is. He's not your enemy. People make Him the enemy of them because of the other stuff we talked about last week. Now here's another one I want to talk about, and, and, and I'm going to really fly through this because... You need to know this part. He's God. The Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now listen to this scripture. John 14, verses 16 and 26. Don't try to go there. I will ask the Father, Jesus asking the Father, and He will give you another advocate. There's God, Jesus, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit who will never leave you. Verse 26. But when the Father, Advocate, Holy Spirit, as my representative, sends the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. He's God. And if we don't realize that, listen to me, you can't separate the three. Now listen to me. We do it all the time. We choose God the Father because we know He loves me. And we choose God saves me. But we exclude some of this Holy Spirit part because we're uncomfortable with it. It's unpredictable. It's unseen. It's, it, 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 don't, don't talk to me about that power coming up in a pun. I don't want that part. You're not saying no to the Holy Spirit. You're saying no to God. 
We've got to come to this place and realize that, that God's all-inclusive and they're constantly talking about you. They're constantly doing a threesome talking about you and how they can better your life and make it better and, and get there and make you help you fulfill your purpose. And until you welcome all three parts, you will be uh, uh, unsatisfied and there'll be a limit of power in your life and then you'll wonder why it's not working and I'm not changing. I'm always the same and I'm always this person and you, you always have this look on your face that everybody knows and, and then you've got to bring all three in, guys. That's why you need to know who he is. And maybe we'll have to talk about, I don't know how I'm going to squeeze it in here in the next couple of weeks, but we need to talk about actually hearing him. How do you know it's him talking to you? The scripture says you know his voice. My sheep know my voice. And the scripture is very clear that you are spirit, soul, and body, so you can recognize all three parts of them. How is he going to talk to you? The Bible says that they are spirit. Going, he's going to speak to your spirit, which is alive unto God. You have a soul, a mind. You have a conscience, which is a voice of you, your spirit. Conscience being knowing right and wrong. You know that if I go 65 in a 55, guess what? There's a chance I might take a chance and have some consequences to that. So you know right and wrong. And the scripture says that the Holy Spirit, my helper, like all my twisting, he's my helper, my friend, God comes alongside me to help me make decisions in life. To help me be a better husband. To help me be a better wife, because you can always be better. You're never perfect. To help me be a better employee. To help me have victory. To help me understand why I don't understand. To help me understand why they went on to heaven and I can't figure it out and they were doing everything right. Why, what, what's going on? You're going to need somebody bigger than yourself. But see, it's interesting that we have a... We, for, we, for us people that have got this relationship with the Holy Spirit, we kind of know this part. I can trust Him with the big stuff. I'm not going any higher because I'm older now and things start to spin after a while. We, we can do this because we are smart enough to know, I can't deal with that one. It's too big. This step ladder to life is too big. <laughs> I, I got X amount of dollars in my account, and I need this X amount of dollars to pay for this. Hello, no-brainer. Can't do that one. But why can't we trust him with the little stuff? You'll never trust him with that stuff until you're intimate enough to trust him with the little stuff. And that only comes from having a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit and being willing to not throw out this third person. You can't, you don't have the, well, yes, you do. You do have privilege because you have a will of choice. You do have privilege because you've got your own way of thinking. And you do have privilege because you've got your body. But the Bible says your body's not even yours. If you really believe this stuff, which is a choice, I get it. If you really believe that this God we serve is real and this word is alive and it's living, which we showed you last week, that this very, the breath, that's why it's the breath of God. It's speaking, it's alive. It's, every time I read it, it's putting life into me. And you really believe that. And then some of the other things that we struggle with, which we 
we'll talk about next week. Some of the fleshy stuff would be a little bit easier to walk away from because this is the temple of God. He lives in you. The Holy Spirit lives in me. And the moment I beat my husband up with words, the moment I beat my spouse up with words, and if it's physically, come see me so I can beat you up now. I'm serious about that. Some of you need help beyond just that. You need to be honest with yourself and say, hey, you know what? You're never, that is never right. But some of these things that we are making about righteous living, and if I would understand that I am, Jesus is in my life, I am righteous in God and devil's defeated, and then I understand this intimacy of who the Holy Spirit is, He's my helper. He can help me say no to the things that need to be said no to. And he can help me as a friend. He's not going to ever... We read three scriptures that he said he's only going to speak to you truth. He'll never lie. So if he's telling you to stop doing this, that's a truth. It's probably going to hurt you down the road. You know, this is so big but so simple. Do you know this morning I ignored the voice of the Spirit of God? I've been doing it a long time. But it's not about how long you've been doing it. It's about the moment you say, look, talk to me. And he's big enough to tell you right then. <laughs> but this morning I got up, you know, mama's not in the house. You don't have that yeah, 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 going on. It's peaceful, actually. Um, no, nah, I'm just kidding. That was bad. <laughs> that was bad. Don't beat me up for that one. Let's pray for it right now. I'm serious. I'm serious, got to make good on this. Let's pray. She's teaching in Ohio right now, ministering two services, 9 and 11 in Ohio. Let's pray for her. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, first of all, forgive me for saying that. If it wasn't for her, we probably wouldn't be on time. But Father, we do thank you that as she ministers and she speaks right now, even as I am right now, that there are words of life and there's boldness there and lives are being changed in Jesus' name. But this morning, listen to me. I was up way before everybody walking around and kind of got lost into myself a little bit, a little bit selfish, I get it, but, but uh, I'm in this other back room kind of preaching to myself and actually preaching to this file cabinet. And uh, actually, file cabinet reminds me of you guys a lot of times. Ouch. So it's pretty easy to preach to. I do that so when I come here, it doesn't, you guys don't bother me. You first service bunch, I get it. You got a lot of life going on. Our second crowd is a little bit younger, but you guys got life. I get it. You got a lot of responsibility. But if you don't embrace this peace to here, that responsibility will overtake you and overwhelm you, and you'll never be free, and you'll always never fulfill purpose. I'm trying to help you. But I heard this ironing shirt. Go wake your son up. And I, I judged that by past experience. He's never, in the years I've known him, 19 years old, ever overslept. He's always up before everybody. He's always at the door yelling at us to come on, and he's always here before you. That's who he is. For some reason, his alarm didn't go off. And then I hear the yelling about quarter tail. And he's tripping, he's flipping, because he's never done that. Kenzie, she gets like her mom and she starts going at it and trying to gain control of everything, makes it a mess a little bit. But I could have solved all of that if I had listened 
to the still small voice, the refreshing side of him, and just went up and said, son, time to get up. His alarm didn't go off. You need him. Because who he is is helper. Who he is is friend. Who he is is God. And what better person to have on your side than the person that knows everything about everything, especially about you. They're in agreement about you. And you know the scripture, a threefold cord is not easily broken. Quit trying to break their cord. Welcome him into your life. Stand up with me.